Hey, James, you ever seen that movie Midwinter? No. Well, that's why we're talking about Midsummer, dude. Because <laughs> Midwinter doesn't fucking exist. And I'm Steven. And I'm James. And we are The, the Right Potatoes. Potatoes. Back again with another fucking episode to keep you cool. <laughs> I don't know. During these hot summer days. There it is, guys. Bam, we got you. And uh, obviously this week we're going to be talking about Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. Horror flick, for those of you that don't know. I guess you kind of call it horror. I don't know. I would have fallen to like psychological as well, or I I would almost say yeah, like a almost like a thriller slash. I guess you can I put it with horror. Yeah. In a way, it's under the it's under the umbrella, but then the specifics about it is kind of a. I don't know what to. It's a it weird under. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I fucking love it. But, well, here's some info about it, I guess, guys. Um, Midsummer was released on July 3rd, 2019, and was directed by Ari Aster. Ari? 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 Ari. Aster. The film. Had a budget of $9 million USD and went on to make $47.86 million USD in the box office. Fucking $9 million? Jesus Christ. Which is pretty nutty. It, yeah. Um, do you think that his fame with his other films is really what boosted this, or what do you think about I that? I think so, yeah, because Hereditary was his first film, and that, like, it was only, it was his first film ever, like, made, he made, and it's just, um, to me, of like, one, a masterpiece, one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. Which, it does have, like, a cult following to it now. Yeah. Also. So, uh. Which, and you put that into the realm with, like, obviously, uh, like, Witch, mm-hmm. right? And so, that one, I would say those are more of horror movies, though, versus this one. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's more, like, psychological, just kind of fucking wonky, and uh, has a roundabout way of being a horror film, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's scary in its own way, for sure. Um, but we liked it, obviously, which is why we're <laughs> deciding to talk about, about it. <laughs> And here's a synopsis if you don't know what this is about and you haven't seen it since it's been out for two years. <laughs> uh, a couple travel to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled midsummer festival. But what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Something like that. Yeah. It's definitely very, very culty. Yeah. So here's some statistics for you guys. The tomato meter gave this an 83%. This was an average rating of 7.6 out of 10. Total ratings, 396. 329 were fresh and 67 were rotten. Um, the audience gave this a 63%. This was an average rating of 3.4 out of 5 stars. And there were more than 5,000 ratings overall for it. So, yeah. difference of 20% from the critics to the audience. And actually, the audience liked this a lot less than the critics. Yeah. Um, IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10, or 71%. Metacritic gave gave it a 72%, and then 67% of Google users liked this movie. Um, We got all sorts of different shit going on here, man. Mm -hmm. 
It's it's odd to me. I actually would have thought that the audience liked this more than the critics. Yeah. But I'm really surprised at this one. Um, what do you, what do you feel about it? I guess how how do you relate to these ratings? I'm leaning more towards the the tomatoes tomato meter on this one. Okay. Because I rewatching it, I really enjoyed the movie. Okay. And I remember enjoying it when I seen it back on July Fourth. Yeah. Except it sucked because like we're uh, we're literally at the um. The Victorian Theater. Okay. We went there and watched the movie, and then it's right when the fucking fireworks were going off. Oh, shit. And so we're trying to watch it, and all you hear is... Like, fuck! And then finally it stopped. That would be fucking annoying, dude. Um, Which, I think... I didn't see this with you, did I? No. I don't think we did. Um, But this movie it was definitely a good one, I think, to see in theaters. Um. There's only one gripe I really had with the film, and that was just that it was really fucking long. And I understand, like, the dramatic pauses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But realistically, for me, the movie probably would have hit a little bit better if it wasn't dragged out in certain scenes like that. But uh, I'm kind of with you, though. I still think I'm closer to the tomato meter than I would be with the audience. Um, but overall, I think it was actually a, a decent film. Yeah. And, yeah, let's just... Jump right in to the Critics Positives. Fuck yeah. Critics Positive Reviews. Uh, Ari Aster's hereditary follow-up is a genuinely disturbing tale of nature-worshipping pagans. Okay. That's a good... I'm kind of into that. <laughs> nature-worshipping <laughs> pagans. That's right. Uh, proof positive that not all scary stuff happens under the cover of darkness. Sometimes daylight can illuminate the true horror of a situation in even more terrifying ways. I like that. Yeah, that works. When shit happens during the day, it's definitely more real. Yeah. So. This is a descent into the seventh circle of a very particular kind of hell. One designed by a malignant creator playfully twisting the knife. Okay. Yeah, it is. Cool. It's a really, it's a good slow burn. Agreed. Yeah. I liked a lot of the, there was a ton of imagery in it, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, if you you have to actually pay attention to what's going on because there yeah. is imagery throughout the entire movie that just gives away everything towards the end. Like Literally. it hints to everything at the end. You just and it's right there. It's right there in front of you, but you don't realize until later on. You're like, oh, yeah. that's kind of a cool painting, and it's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, that painting. This, anyway, this movie feels like if um, Wes Anderson made a horror movie. This is what I'd feel this he would make. Okay, something Midsummer like, which. Yeah, it definitely isn't a bad thing. Definitely yeah. isn't a bad thing. So. Like, I like their their set design and everything like that. Just the, all the imagery you, should, you they put on screen is just, like, Which beautiful. is what I like and where they chose to film this. Uh-huh. It's fucking perfect. Like, and I like a lot of their shots, too, when it actually comes to, like, a filmographic point. Uh-huh, the symmetrical. Um, oh, my, yeah, dude. Yeah. It was really cool. Because it's something that you're not used to seeing. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, most shots are, like, um, in your thirds your rule of thirds right yeah but anyway this one just didn't give a fuck it's mm-hmm. like hey we're gonna throw some it was like the triangle house thing the their temple or whatever yeah whatever the fuck it was it yeah. was like a but it was like split literally in the middle of the screen and like when you yeah. look at it it's like oh look like a painting right? yeah yeah, it's fucking cool and then so. i liked how i like that that and then the place where they slept was the only place i was like really symmetrical every all the other buildings they had were like real asymmetrical mm-hmm like uneven walls and, I, and like I think that. that's again to add to like a almost like a metaphorical yeah, giving, thing to like mm-hmm. everything else is like not even uneasy yep. yep shit like that which I fuck with kind of heavily so oh yeah 
Oh yeah. Uh, uh, one woman's <laughs> journey in one woman's journey to a remote Swedish village helps reveal to her an existence outside of of American patriarchy and toxic men. Okay, that's not <laughs> Okay. I wouldn't really uh call that a good review, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own, I guess. <laughs> well, and good thing we started with terrible reviews cuz here's some more. Critics negatives. Critics negative reviews. It's difficult to imagine Midsummer satisfying true horror fans, but if you're interested in witnessing some ultra strange cult rituals, it more than fits that bill. Okay. Which, again, it's it's kind of hard because, it, yes, it's horror-esque, but it's not a strict horror film. Yeah, like, what what would you call a true horror fan? For I would I would say like a lot more jump scares, like slashers, and, and stuff. slashers immediately, um, like possession movies, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Any anything with jump scares too, um, monsters, I guess. But this if this movie was made in the seventies, I'd still feel it have the same impact. Agreed. Because they're like during the seventies, I had all those like the devil the devil craze and stuff like that. Yeah. And so this would fit right in there. Which and I like the way it's filmed because it's not too. Like, too crisp, you know? Yeah. It, like you're saying, it almost feels like an older film, but mm-hmm. within... It feels like newer... something made in the 70s. Y- yes. And I love it. I think it turned out really good. Yeah. Um, number two. It's really just not my cup of tea. Not to say it's a bad film, but I would never watch it again. <laughs> Which, at least they admit it, you know? Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I just wasn't that into it. Which, again, you like what you like. James's mantra. Yep. A.K.A. Chief Beef. <laughs> Astor is good at creating environments, but he seems more concerned with projecting himself as an intelligent filmmaker with messages full of symbols and intellectual intellectuality than for telling a story that touches the public. Mm. But that's okay. I, yeah. I mean, more or less, he's just showing his style. Not every filmmaker has to be the same, but yeah. the fact that he used a lot of that imagery and he's actually foreshadowing everything that's going yeah. on, and it's, I like. It's not in your... It's not in your face, the foreshadowing or Correct. anything like that. It's like, it's a painting in the back of a wall, or if it's a painting you see for like a minute. For very, very subtle. Yeah, like, stuff like that. Subtle. It's not just like shots of some someone holding something, because I hate that in movies when they like, oh, I gotta go to my dance class, and then comes up later in the movie, because I always like, whoever I'm with in the theater, I turn to them and say like, obvious foreshadowing, Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. shit like that. I always whisper that to whoever the fuck I'm with. Yeah, because there, there's certain movies, again, like you're saying, that they're just like blatant in your, in your face. face. Yeah. This one, you kind of have to pay a lot more attention to your surroundings, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, and that, I think that makes for good filmmaking. And it, even doing the classes that I did for filmmaking, yeah. they talk about that all the time. It's like, it's like Easter eggs, but they're actually telling you the story. Yeah, so. and it's like it gives the audience more sense of unease because they're noticing the symbolism while the characters don't see anything wrong with what's going on. Correct. And you know what it also does, too, is it makes you go back and watch it again. Yeah. Because you're like, fuck, wait, I just saw that earlier, but I'm not sure if I actually did. Yeah, so like, it's like, let's go back some, and watch yeah, it some, It's like a quick flash. Like, oh, shit, what was that? And then, yep. Especially if you're in theaters, you can't obviously rewind. Yeah. So you're like, fuck. But I'm glad, like, I pay enough attention to see, like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit like you just see all that (laughs) stuff like dang that was like uh when we went and watched it in theaters 
Taylor was actually pointing out shit that I missed. Yeah. But then I was pointing out shit that she missed. So it was kind of like we were going back and forth. She noticed certain things and then I noticed Yeah, I noticed things. all like the stuff about um, the girl trying to get the boyfriend to fall in love with her. Yep. I noticed all of that. Like right the painting right away and I was like, hmm, okay. Better make better pay attention to this. And then it was showing up throughout the movie and I was like, oh, fuck. It was fucking foul too. Because like, uh, in the movie, obviously if you haven't seen it, stop listening right now. Um... In that movie, when it shows, like, the fucking menstrual shit in the yeah. drink, I was like, yo, that's kind of fucking weird, right? And then all of a sudden, his drink comes back, or whatever. Everyone's drink like, is yellow, and his is, like, blood orange. And I'm and like, I'm like Ooh, Ooh, there's blood in there. And he <laughs> drinks it, and I'm like... The, the one gripe I got about this movie is, like, how oblivious everyone is. And it was, it's, it's annoying to be like... Well, no, this ain't right, as I'm fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and shit like that like that the guy saying like oh that's weird or their friend they have the comedic relief I guess where he's just like the American yeah who's like doesn't give a shit about nothing like if a normal person if you went somewhere you weren't you'd never been before you'd respect their customs and be like correct hey was like we're gonna go to the restroom or hey where's what's this what like he just goes I'm, and pisses <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go piss on them I'm gonna go, I go pee and then I walk to the specific tree to pee on it yeah shit like that like I don't know and then the black guy made me mad. Yep. Just because he's like, I want to take a picture of that book. Yeah. And I was like, damn, you want to really want to take a picture of that so bad? Yeah, dude. I could, I would at least like sketch stuff, you know? Because like, yeah. if you can't take a picture, like, oh yeah, do it subtly. It's like, just sketch things. Like, this is what the book looks like. This is what the symbols I've seen. Yeah. But I'm not going to do all of it. Stuff like that. Yeah, there are certain things, like you're saying, like we were talking about, that just bugged me a little bit, but... Yeah, like, how do they, how, how do they keep their phones charged? It's <laughs> <laughs> like... like Solar got, chargers, bro. Yes, was one thing I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> or, like, uh, the couple that was there. The other couple was like, oh, um, we're leaving. And then it's like, where's my where's my husband? Is oh, he left before you. And yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, what the fuck? He never would do that. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. And shit like that, which is just... Yeah, and people are just, like, accepting it. Yeah. yeah like, no, fuck that. I'm out of here. Especially if you're in a fucking strange place, dude. Yeah. That, was, that would be the last thing I'd fucking if, do. If so. that was going on, I'd be like, no, we're all leaving together, or... Yeah. I'm fighting, fist fighting everybody yeah. in this fucking Everyone's village. catching the fucking hands <laughs> and the dick. Where is it at? Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, it's still, like, I still fucking love this movie. Those are the, my main gripes. I'm just like, ah. Oh, is everyone, is everyone blind and stupid? Is everyone just fucking <laughs> stupid here? Yeah. And, oh, and last one. Number four. Where were we going with this thing? I felt trapped, and it's way too long. Agre again, agree that yeah. there were certain things that could have been shortened up, but yeah. overall, I think it was good. And it, I think as a filmmaker, he was trying to make it like, uh, I don't know, more of that um what's what's the word i'm looking for dramatic those dramatic pauses yeah it's like a it's definitely a filmography thing it's like a fucking film filmography 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 film it's a video thing <laughs> <laughs> but i did i like the the like just the long pauses of uh, florence Pugh. that's the main actress's mm -hmm. face because like the whole time i was watching that i was like she is fucking killing it in this yeah whole this whole movie which uh, a lot of it too is based off emotion which I guess we can kind of talk about it. Um, it. Just the whole premise of the film is like she's always felt like she doesn't belong, and then she comes here, and all of a sudden she's like a Everyone fucking wants to alpha. Be with her. Yeah. yeah, and then so it's like, how quickly do you think somebody can change everything that they're accustomed to mm -hmm. just to feel like they're 
included. Yeah, and yeah, she gather my thoughts. All because like she has nobody else. Yep. And finally, she reaches this community where they're like, "You're part of the family now." Yep. And I think it, it goes to her fucking head. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we see towards the end of the film, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was just kind of an interesting thought. It's like, damn, how is it possible for somebody literally just to be like, no, fuck him, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck everyone I know. Well, like, he was like, over. yeah, he he was a shit, but still, you would think how how long did they say they were together for? Like a year, two years, or something like that. Yeah. You think the think red flags would be, like, obvious already, because he was just, like... Which, in the beginning, they were. The fucking worst <laughs> boyfriend, I think, ever. But again, too, it's like, would you just be willing, like, oh, yeah, you went to, uh, you went to some fucking foreign place with your ex. Are you literally just gonna be okay with them dying yeah. right now? Like, alright, that's weird. I think it's because, like, this, the trip... Like wore her down. I think like so it just too. kept wearing and wearing and wearing. And maybe that was the point of that community too. Yeah, for her to just finally say goodbye to everything else. Yeah. And then her catching him like cheating on her. Yep. That was just the final straw to where like whatever happened to him, she didn't care. Yep. Exactly. But that's kind of cool. I I do like that part of it though, where it's literally like, oh, this could happen mm-hmm. or something, you know? Yeah. Which makes it more real. Speaking of real, here's our uh, sponsors. Thanks. If you're looking to get any 3D work or any animation work, make sure you go check out our boy over at Hoover 3D. He's the best in the business and will customize any design fit to your needs. He's also a miracle worker with 2D animation or 3D imaging. We used him for our cover logo and any designs we need. Make sure you give him a follow on Instagram at Hoover 3D and be sure to direct message him for any of your design needs. Welcome back to this engaging conversation we have or that we are having about midsummer midsummer as opposed to midwinter <laughs> or uh, midfall <laughs> mid seasons mid spring <laughs> all right let's just jump right into these audience positive reviews audience positive reviews uh, a quality film created by someone who clearly knows how to make a film and tell an intriguing story there are a couple of smaller aspects that did not love about it, including the ending, but being slightly anticlimactic. But overall, it's a very well-made film. Hmm. Okay. okay. What do you think? Okay. What do you think of the ending? I like the ending a lot, actually. Hmm. Just in regards to like the whole, the bear thing. Yeah. I fucked with that heavy and how she just fucking lights him up. Yeah, and she's like, like later that, her smile. Yep. I remember seeing a tweet or something where it was just like. It's like a good for her movie. Yeah. Like, because it shows her smile and it's like, good for her. Yeah. She which, finally got what she wanted. I, I actually really like the ending, personally. Yeah. I, I, I think it ended well, too. Mm-hmm. It just didn't... I mean, you're done. That's it. You don't need any more. Like, I don't think there would be a sequel yeah. to this film. And I just... Talking about it right now, I just realized, like, her, like, lighting that the temple up on fire is like her getting rid of her past. <laughs> exactly. Because she's Cleaning accepting this slate. new future. Yep. Fuck. And she's just gonna jump off a cliff and fucking smash her face into a rock at yeah, some point. When she's 72. So gnarly. Oh, <laughs> uh, another masterpiece from Ari Aster. Midsummer is a well. Uh, Midsummer is a must-watch cult horror film. Not for those who don't want to view gore or on-screen de- depictions of suicide. Okay. Yeah. 
I guess that's Well, cool. I like... He's only done two movies, but I like how he uses... He minimalizes the gore. Correct, yeah. Like, it's not just, like, disembowelments left and right. It's just... when It's, it's effective when you don't see it a lot. I agree. Yeah. It's not needed, especially in this aspect mm-hmm. either, too, so... Which I like. Yeah, it adds more to the shock value when you do see something. You know, oh yeah. shit, I wasn't Which that, that that specific scene that they're talking about, the fucking that suicide scene. Yeah, really gnarly, dude. Like it's just like holy fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and all the actors and actresses are like, oh shit, like they actually get crazy. So yeah, it's good. Uh, this movie left me speechless. Beautiful cinematography and set, amazingly written script, absolutely awesome concept and plot. This is one of the best pieces of film I've ever seen. Oh, good for them. I think this person really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's the best pieces of film, but I'm like, I remember walking out and being like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, me, I was just like, man, this is really fucking long, like, but it doesn't need to be, you know? Yeah. I, I still would have had, like, it's a like, couple of those scenes, like you were talking about, where, like, zooms in on our face or whatever the case yeah. may be and just the way it has like the music in the background but you don't hear anything else mm-hmm. done super well but you don't need as much it's as you did 20 minutes too long you yeah trim the fat <laughs> yep but yeah still would have hit the same mm-hmm. for me uh ari aster employs fantastic cinematography and a perfect pace in storytelling as he provides a fresh take on folk horror classics like the wicker man and effortlessly surpasses them. Florence Pugh's fantastic acting is surpassed only by the greatness of the film as a whole. Huh. True. Okay. I'll give him that, yeah. I like that. Which, The Wicker Man is something I would say it's very similar to, for sure. Yeah. Like that style. Um, the Wicker Man, actually, I saw in theaters years ago, dude. Like, Well, they're talking about the, um, the 60s one. The OG one? Yeah. Okay. Well. Because that one, like... That one it, I obviously didn't yeah, see. Yeah, it theaters, ends but. with... <laughs> It and it's like um, it's a good detective story because they're f- trying to find this missing girl, but find come to find out like it's like a pagan town, mm-hmm. and then the main character that like the policeman gets trapped in the wicker man and they set correct they set on fire. Yep, and then it the movie pretty much ends with him in the wicker man screaming. Yep, while like it cuts down to the people and they're just like dancing. Yeah, and then it ends like, like woo, that. we got him. They're dancing like um. Like a cold, like it's all synchronized yeah. and shit, and then it just fucking ends. Well, that's a. Did you see the remake too? I have not. With Nick, I think Nick Cage is in it. Actually. Nick Cage with the bees. Which actually, he's a. Uh, the movie, I, from what I remember, is really fucking good. Uh huh. Um, I want to say it was Nick Cage. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It was Nick Cage. But I saw it, and I actually thought it was really fucking good. Nice. So, great movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here's something not so great. Audience <laughs> negative reviews. <laughs> Audience negative reviews. I haven't had such feelings after watching a movie. I've never, I've never was bothered enough to post a comment. But here it is: worst movie ever. What? Well, I'm glad you were bothered by this. You worst idiot. review ever. Got him, fucking nerd. Loser. It's a typical scary, dangerous cult movie. Only shot as if you were tripping on acid. Is that what was supposed to make this movie cool? Not impressed. My eyes were rolling every time an ominous theme or cringe scene was taking place. So the whole movie, your eyes yeah. are just spinning? He's just fucking rolling <laughs> in. He's probably tripping off the wrong shit. If given the choice, watch Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas instead. <laughs> this is that awful. What? <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that either, though. 
Um, interesting characterization in 75 minutes, which is all I could tolerate. Slower than a slow burn movie with unnecessarily boring moments. Repetitive and switches genres very, very, very late in the movie. Had a lot of squandered potential. Hmm. I don't know. No. I think I think people are pushing a little too hard to make it seem worse than it is. Yeah. Because again, even though I didn't like the fact that it was too long or there were certain things I didn't like, mm-hmm. it didn't ruin the whole fucking movie for me, you know? Yeah. It's like, will I watch it again? Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll probably watch it again, but I have to find the time to watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad we got to, like, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Just for this. Like, I like this pod. I love doing the podcast because it gives us... Time to watch movies that we probably wouldn't watch again. Yeah. Which oh. is great. I love it. <laughs> I love this podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You know what else I love? Fun facts with James, bitch. And now, fun facts with James. That's me. Uh, after the sex scene, Christian was supposed to run away in the robe that he had entered in. Jack Rayner himself suggested that Christian run out completely nude to appear more vulnerable. Thus, he appears fully nude trying to escape. Rayner was inspired by having recently watched The Last House on the Left, 1972. Like many films in the horror genre, female characters are disrobed, humiliated, and or assaulted before their demise. While it was... Uh, he felt it was due time that male characters be made to suffer similar indignity. Which literally, again, that this movie is like a fucking girl power, kill the man. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> well, like, they're deserving, so... Dude, this one, for sure. Except for the black guy. He kind of just wanted to learn. Yeah. Agreed. But the, um, He was just nosy. Yeah, the friend... He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, dude, the main dude is a fucking piece of shit, so mm-hmm. it's cool. I don't give a fuck. Uh, when Josh sneaks away to photograph pictures of the Ruby Radar holy book, he thinks he sees Mark standing in the doorway of the temple. This is, in fact, Ulf, the man who screamed at Mark for urinating on the ancestral tree wearing Mark's skin. This is confirmed by the screenplay. Earlier, Mark has uh, had asked Josh if he thought that, thought that Ulf was going to kill him for urinating on the tree. Although it happens off screen, this is exactly what happens. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I didn't notice that. See? Little things. Yeah. Uh, during the meal where the meat pies are served, Christian has a glass of reddish juice while everyone else has yellow juice. An image earlier in the film suggests that this may be because his drink has been spiked with menstrual blood. Yeah. Which, <laughs> the way like, that... I like how that reads. It yeah. might be striked, is it spiked with menstrual blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I noticed right away when yeah. I first seen those. Like, oh, fuck. That was literally what uh-huh. Taylor and I were talking about. I'm like, ew. <laughs> yeah. Like, nice. And how do you not notice, like, the yeah. the row of other drinks that are different colored? Yeah, I don't know. And then when he starts drinking it, everyone's all staring yeah, at him. I'm like, like oh, all happy. Fucking weirdos. <laughs> uh, the film was originally given NC-17 by the MPAA. According to Ari Aster, around 30 minutes of the film was cut, uh, mainly due to content. The director's cut released shortly after this theatrical run restores the footage. Oh, fuck. I haven't even watched the director's cut. Me neither. How long is it? Like six hours? <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes longer than this one. So six and a half hours? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, most of the Swedish dialogue spoken by the Horga. Yeah, I said that right. I oh. looked it up so I, I wouldn't fuck it up. Hey, good job, yeah. dude. Horga natives uh, is deliberately not subtitled in order to create a sense of isolation for the audience and especially for the foreign visitors. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Simon's fate is based on Viking ritualized execution method called the Blood Eagle, which the victims were placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings. 
Uh, the victim would supposedly be alive and conscious through the process and not die until sometime after, likely from blood loss. As such, when Christian finds him, Simon is still breathing, though barely, if at all conscience, conscious. He, As he was part of the sacrifice, he does die sometime between Christian finding him and the final ritual. It can even be argued that he died while Christian was there since he only breathes once or twice during the scene. Uh, Simon being alive and breathing when Christian finds him, however, is highly improbable due to the fact that the lungs require a diaphragm to expand at, uh, to expand the lungs to inhale air. Although, one explanation uh, to this image is Christian may be experiencing a residual hallucination from the aphrodisiac he was given earlier by the elder and intensified the horrific state of Simon's condition. That's kind of nutty. Yeah. I do like that, though, that they pulled, like, an actual fucking mm-hmm. ritual. Yeah. Uh, throughout the film, Danny hallucinates the plant life interacting with her and growing into her. This foreshadows her eventual decision to join the community at the end of the film. Additionally, her interaction slash growth with the plants gets more pronounced as the film progresses. Notable examples include uh, the tuft of grass growing through her hand, the grass consuming her feet, the vines in the throne reacting to the movements of her arms, and the flowers of the crown breathing in sync with her and in the final scene the dress and crown are made entirely of flowers signaling her complete engulfment into the community amen again that's like a whole metaphorical feel that yeah. i was talking about imagery and all that bullshit mm-hmm. it works well <laughs> yeah uh toward the end of the film when danny's lifted onto the pedestal and being carried to the dinner table a viewer can make out her sister's face in the trees with an exhaust tube in her mouth huh I'll show you. You can play. It's pretty tight. Uh, despite the sweet, despite the Swedish setting, the film is mostly shot in Hungary. <laughs> That's kind of tight. Yeah. Uh, early in the film, Simon sees a group of kids playing, and he asks Pele uh, what they are doing. Pele explains that they are skinning the fool. During the sacrifice scene at the end of the film, Mark's skinned and mutilated body is carried into the temple with a jester's hat atop of it. The kids' game may have been derived from actual practice of skinning the fool for a midsummer sacrifice. Oh shit. Yep. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Mark displays an extreme phobia of ticks, which is based on Ari Aster's real-life real fear of bugs and illness. Like Mark, Aster wore two pairs of socks over his jeans to ensure bugs would not he would not receive bug bites. Oh, shit. Yep. That's kind of cool. No, why go out there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Christian is waiting to speak with Siv at her house, he studies a piece of wallpaper with an image of a burning bear on it. This foreshadows his eventual demise at the end of the film. Uh, where, during the ritual in the yellow building, he is placed inside a disemboweled bear, set in the middle of eight other human sacrifices, and burned alive. Great imagery there. Yeah. It was beautiful. And it sucks that he couldn't do nothing. Yeah, exactly. He just had to sit there and burn. Uh, When the film was released in Sweden, rather than inciting fear in the audience, uh, many people laughed. Many Swedish critics praised the film as an excellent black comedy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Uh, William Jackson Harper, the only American actor in the film. Jack Rayner is, was, although born in Colorado, is Irish. Florence Pugh is English. And Will Peltier is English. All the other sporting characters are Swedish, British, or Hungarian. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep. I like that. Uh, in Danny's apartment, there is a painting of a bear and a woman wearing a crown hanging above her bed. This is the painting, uh, Saktar's Basse. Probably fucked that up. By Swedish <laughs> painter John Bru- John Bauer, famous for his art based on Swedish folklore and mythological creatures. Which, 
I didn't really. I saw it in the beginning, but I didn't really notice what the fuck was going on. Obviously, yeah. till later on, and that that was one thing that Taylor was talking about too. She's like, "Oh, did you see the painting in the beginning?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "The girl." And I the saw bear. the bear. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really pay attention to anything else. But yes. Yeah. Uh, during the sacrifice at the end of the film, was it Igmer and Ulf are given dew from the yew tree, and they're well, as they are fed this dew. Ulf is told, "Feel no pain," and Igmar is told, "Feel no fear." As the building burns and the fire inches closer towards them, Igmar looks at Ulf in fear, and Ulf uh, gazes back before the fire engulfs him and he starts to wail in pain. This could possibly in- indicate that at the last moment, wow! Uh, this could possibly indicate that at the last moment, both Igmar and Ulf realize that everything they've been told is a lie, uh, but are unable to do anything about it and unfortunately die without being able to warn the others. Damn. Yeah deep mm-hmm. despite being the main characters and with the exception of cries and screams neither danny nor christian speak in the last 25 minutes oh that's kind of interesting yeah i didn't even notice that uh, the production for the film was renowned well, the production for the film was announced immediately after hereditary was released holy shit quick you're working yeah. quick you gotta fucking strike while the iron's hot amen uh, the film was greenlit on may 18th of 2018 and premiered on june 18th of 2019 making an unusually short production period for a wide-released theatrical film. And for one that's so fucking long. Yeah. I guess he probably... I'm assuming he probably already had, like, do you have anything else? And he's like, well, I've been working on this thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Green light it, let's go. (laughs) Might as well do it right now. Get it, cast, we're doing it. Uh, The opening mural from left to right foreshadows the events of the entire film and provides clues pertaining to the contrasting fates of Danny and Christian. Looking closely, it reveals that Pele is the mastermind behind the invitation to Horga. Uh, when the village visitors reach the village, Connie and Simon examine the tapestry and shows a woman falling in love with a man, placing flowers under his pillow and hiding her pubic hair in his food, <laughs> resulting in the man falling in love, uh, falling in love with and impregnating her. This tapestry exactly for, forecasts what? What is it? Maha. Miha. That's what it is. Mia, there you go. That yeah, because the J's are wise. Okay. In Sweden. So Maya? Maya. Maya we'll say we'll say Maya, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maya will do to Christian before and before and during the May Queen celebrations. Which yeah, fucking weirdo shit going on. Yeah. According to Ari Aster, Pele was a Pele was the villager who bludgeoned Joss to death with the hammer bef- after he was caught taking the pictures of the book. Oh, shit. Yeah, their friend. Yep. Damn. Uh, Connie's corpse being wheeled in uh, being wheeled in a barrel into the shrine with all the others appears to be wet and bloated. This insinuates that the villagers drowned her in a nearby lake after they had supposedly brought Simon to the station but killed him in reality. Just as Danny was talking, was taking the meat tarts out of the oven, both she and Mark hear faint screams implying that the villagers grabbed her at one point to drown her. This is further confirmed in the director's cut, where a boy is almost sacrificed by drowning in the lake by the villagers while wearing a sacrificial robe. The same robe that Connie's corpse is wearing. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's fucking... I, I should yeah, probably if, watch that director's cut. Yeah. After I heard the <laughs> screams, I'd be like, nope, nope, yep. nope, nope, we're leaving. Let's fucking go. Yep, and they're just like, oh, we could drive to town. Nope, I'm walking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And it's like, don't fucking follow me. You got my Lamborghinis, bitch. Yep. Uh, shortly after the group arrives at Hortiga, they drive under a yellow banner saying, 
Helsingland, a province of Sweden where Hordega is locate, located. It looks like an ordinary greeting sign. However, in fine print, the banner also says, Stop mad migrations to Helsingland. Vote for a free north this fall. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Uh, when Danny and her friends arrive at Hordegas, Christian's joke about meeting uh, the Davidson sect refers to the infamous sect led by David Koresh and that in February 1993. After a siege of 51 days, being uh, between the Davidsons and law enforcement in Waco, Texas, resulted in the Davidsons' compound catching fire as law enforcement attempted to breach the building. 76 people died and very few of the Davidsons survived. Huh. I don't know about any of that shit. Yeah, that's where he was like, oh, I didn't know we made a stop in Waco, Texas. Oh. For, like, the cult. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, during the climax of the movie, one of the elders of Hordega has Danny choose between Christian or a randomly picked community member to be sacrificed at the final day of the Midsummer Festival. The method they use to randomly pick the member is a lottery ball machine, such like the famous short story known as The Lottery, which revolves around sacrificing a community member so that society, society can continue to flourish damn dude yeah. i always love that the uh, the lottery because um you ever watch squidbillies yep I, i've seen it before. there was a um like a, i love jokes that are like clever mm-hmm. and they they mention the lottery he's like, oh man you just won the lottery shirley jackson's the lottery and that's what happened <laughs> she's the one who wrote it oh shit <laughs> and the lottery like you win the lottery and you get bludgeoned to death by rocks oh fuck. and so when he says like you won shirley jackson's the lottery he throws a rock at him <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking tight. So have she, you read it no Maybe but it's should... like the lottery and like the island and shit like that we should probably fucking i'm down read it book club book club <laughs> we tried it once Rat potatoes book club hey I, I was the only one to finish the book by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> keep bringing it up i'm still fucking reading it actually i have it it's good uh the entire take uh, the entire film takes place in sunlight save for three scenes the first is the opening prologue where danny finds out her sister has killed their family in a murder suicide the second is during danny's dream the third is where josh sneaks into the shrine to secretly take pictures of the book more scenes taking place at night were reinserted into the director's cut. Ooh. Well, yeah, good. I really want to watch this director's yeah, cut. Yeah, I'm thinking I I do too. <laughs> uh, following the at was at a stupa at a stupa sequence, Simon and Connie are are seen leaving separately, but then are later killed off camera. Connie by drowning and Simon via the blood eagle ritual. While it is exp- while it is explained that Simon and Connie were killed by the Hordegas as a part of the Midsummer Ceremony, it is also probable that they were killed in order to prevent them from exposing the Hordegas community practices of ritual sacrifice and suicide. Oh, shit. Gotta kill them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman who jumps during the Artistupa is played by a different and older actor than Danny. Bears a striking resemblance to Danny. A fan theory presumes that she killed herself to make room for Danny to join the Hordega community. Uh... And that Danny will take her name. Oh, shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe we should watch that director's cut. We should. <laughs> uh, for Danny's birthday, Paley gives her a drawing that he has done of her with two runes near the bottom. These runes appear late. Uh, these runes are later seen on Danny's dress during the dance competition. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I didn't notice that. And then lastly, at the end of the film, the final shot of Danny smiling dementedly at the side of the burning temple with the sacrifices inside... Her expression is almost an exact replica of the sun on the mural at the beginning of the film. Really? Yeah. 
Bullshit. No, I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> hey, those That's were some fun facts, dude. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and we liked Midsummer, and you should too. Um, and it, if it isn't your style, it isn't your fucking style. Yeah. Um, I, I think just as a piece of fucking cinema, it's beautiful. Just the way it's filmed, everything about it is actually really fucking good. Um, so give it a shot. Do don't, it. Don't not give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, thank you guys for sticking it out. And be sure that you're following us on Instagram at the underscore ripe underscore potatoes. And you can follow us on our personals at xchief underscore beefx. And comic x steve. Later. Bye. This has been a Ripe Potatoes production. Oh,